Well, hello everyone. This is Dr. Eileen and this is Medicine Walk. And today we continue our journey onto uh, the world of empathy. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, this is Healing House Radio. So I hope you had a good week and um, I hope that you were able to gain a lot from the last episode. If this is the first episode you're watching, first, welcome. And second, I would recommend watching the previous two episodes uh, because that is the lead in to what we're going to be talking about today. And actually, it, it turned well, often things work out the way they're meant to. And when things uh, kind of come in, and especially for topics that I'm going to cover, something said, you know, you really want to talk about empathy, you really want to talk about emotions and feelings and frequencies and and all of those things and considering that you know it's it's a the world is kind of a bit of a crazy place right now and there's a lot of feelings that are very intense there's a lot of reactions that are very intense there's a lot of very triggering sort of events and to me it it's that piece of, you know, that racial, the political, the, you know, all of those are tremendously important parts of our society and how we deal with one another, how we choose to respond when things happen. And being empathic can make it really, really, really tough to come from a place of choice. Uh, that's really, you know, the light and shadow aspect of empathy. One, empathy can be a very wonderful healing experience. It can aid in healing. It can aid in restoring balance. And if you look at the shadow side, it can also be used as a weapon. It can be used to manipulate. It can be used to, you know, weaken someone's resolve to be able to make a clear choice about something. And so today we're really going to talk about, you know, some of the ways that we can be able to keep in our place of centeredness, keep in our place of choice, you know, in spite of empathy, you still can have choice. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about that and I'm going to be sharing some specific ways that you can practice being able to stay in choice. Now, what do I mean when I say stay in choice? What I mean is that you are not led by your emotions to react as opposed to choose action. And I mean, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people and, you know, with things going on, you know, currently, there are people who feel physically sick by what is happening. They feel physically affected by the negativity, by the intensity of, of the anger and the fear and, and the, the hatred that just seems to be going crazy right now. And while there is also love and light and compassion and all of those wonderful things, often the focus is put on what is negative because that evokes a bigger reaction that that gets the person to you know click on to the the video or or to read the 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 article you know often when it's when it's a very big sort of negative thing that can kind of stir people up 
that's what sells, you know, and that's what draws people in. So while there's all the good things, you know, we hear more about the bad things. And when you're empathic and when you're very open to emotions and open to feelings, it can be absolutely overwhelming. And in some cases, um, often the mob mentality kicks in that being sucked into a collective thought, whether as an individual, you would agree with that thought or not. Often it's very easy to get sucked into a collective like, yeah, 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 we need to do this or we need to do that. So the ability to stay in your place of choice means that in spite of the emotion going on around you, in spite of the frequencies that are pounding in on you, you still have the ability to say, you know what, time out, hold the phone. I'm going to think this through and make a choice as to how I choose to respond to it. And um, being empathic does not mean that you are incapable of doing that. It does not mean that you have to be, you know, subject to the whims of the emotions of others. What it means is that you have an additional ability to decide what it is that you want to feel. You know, as I talked about before, empathy is a tool that you use when you need it. And if you choose to have it on, let's say you're walking through the woods, you know, I live up in the mountains, I live in a cabin in the woods, and I am so blessed to have that because when I go out and I walk, especially early in the morning, I take my dog Sam for a walk, I am surrounded by nothing but a freedom to just be empathically as open as I like. Because at that point, there's almost nobody up and all it is is nature and it's the trees and it's the birds waking up and the squirrels and, and just the, the essence of nature. In that environment, I can just, you know, let my empathy open and just feel and connect with everything around me. And that is a wonderful feeling. Now, if I'm, you know, in a restaurant and there's somebody at a table next to me having an argument, an angry political argument, or if I'm, you know, just waiting in line at the bank and, you know, and there's somebody grumbling about something, yeah, you know, that's when it's like, no, we're not going to be open. We don't need empathy on right now at all. And so I shut it down. And the ability to shut it down is the thing that divides a conscious empath from an unconscious one. A conscious empath maintains the ability to choose and the ability to decide if empathy is in fact something that you need to utilize in that moment anyway. So I'm sure that there are some of you going, it's like you cannot turn it off. Yeah, you can. Yes. Absolutely. And I will be teaching you how or ways to, you know, these are techniques that work with me. These are techniques that and and um, tricks and well, not even tricks, but just techniques that I have utilized that have enabled me to be able to have my empathy be something that is conscious. If I choose to have empathy or if I determine it's needed in that moment, then it's on. 
And then I decide how much empathy I need, how much empathy I want. If I'm working with someone and I just need to kind of hone in on maybe what's going on with them physically, what's going on with them energetically, what's going on with them spiritually, I will utilize it just to crack the door open and to be able to say, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can see that now. I can feel it because it really is very much about what you feel. I can feel the vibration because I don't view it as the emotion. I don't view it as the event that that person went through. I view it as a particular frequency. I'm not resonating with their experience. I'm resonating with the frequency that that experience created within that person. Because if you go to the experience, you're dealing with a story. And that makes it very difficult to be able to stay in that place of, of a little bit of objectivity, a little bit of detachment. So I can look at it and go, oh, okay, this is the frequency that I'm dealing with. This is where this can be calmed down to allow this person to be able to be helped. So how do you do it? How do you, in the face of all the mess that's going on, in the face of all the anger and, and the daily just barrage of bad news that goes to worse news, well, the first thing I'd recommend is a news break. There have been times when I just like, you know what? I'm just not dealing with it. And I didn't watch the news. I didn't read the paper. I didn't look for the news uh, online for a month. And I just left it that way. And when I came back to it, it's like, okay, I know that this is all going on. Now, does that mean that you ignore what's happening or bury your head in the sand? No. It means that if you are being overwhelmed by the information that's coming in, you need to first try reducing the information. Take a break from it. Um, read something that en enlightens you. Read something that you always wanted to learn about. You know, that's the way you can kind of redirect that. Turn that the idea of what the information is that comes in to something that you would like something that you would enjoy. If somebody wants to talk politics with you, you know, it's like, well, yeah, but you know what? I read this amazing thing about this, this subject and it really is very cool. You know, you can share that or you can just walk away. But the first suggestion is to be able to set boundaries and a part of your setting boundaries and for empaths, setting boundaries and keeping them. The only thing harder than setting a boundary is keeping it because there is that inclination towards codependence and you want to be able to have firm set boundaries surrounding you, especially if you're empathically sensitive. You get to decide who comes into your playground. You know, picture it a playground with a big fence around it and unless someone is willing to play nice, they shouldn't be allowed in your playground. So decide whose energy, and it may get tricky because it may be that you might have to actually tell people, it's like, you know what? I really don't want to talk about that. Or I would rather not talk about that. Or, you know, I'm, I'm going to go over there if, if you feel you need to, you know, 
have this much emotion in it because I really don't feel that that is productive for me. I don't feel that's healthy for me. And as I said, I've had a lot of people who things that are going on have physically sickened them. And that is not a healthy place to be. That is your body taking a hit for an energetic process. So be able to set boundaries, be able to isolate yourself from the barrage until you're ready to deal with it. And, you know, keep in mind that this is all about choice. Everything is about choice. If, if you don't want to do that, you know, do, do what pleases you, do what feels right to you. What I'm doing is I'm just introducing some, some ideas that you might want to think about if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you don't feel that you can maintain your equilibrium with all of this going on. Now, there are uh, certain aromatics that can help. Uh, you can burn sage, you know, white sage. Uh, you can burn cedar. Um, some people will utilize something called vetiver. And that's V-E-T-I-V-E-R, vetiver. And what vetiver does in the traditions that I learned from and, and in the practices and in, in my actual practices, vetiver, I mean, and it's a little essential oil sold in a bottle, it cuts off energetic processes. And not only does it do that, it can cut an empath for a short amount of time off from their empathy. If you find yourself in a situation and you're really feeling way too open, you know, you can carry around a little bottle of vetiver, take a nice sniff of it, and you'll notice that things sort of, it's almost as if everything's muffled, if the energy is muffled. And it'll stay that way for a little bit. Now, if you're trying to do a meditation or if you're, you know, wanting to do some type of, you know, work that deals with connecting to energies and things like that. Don't use vetiver unless you want to break from it. So that is, that is just, and like I said, it's temporary. It won't take it away for good, but it gives you a break. It gives you that eye of the storm. And we've talked about the eye of the storm before. You know, the eye of the storm is that space where you can be able to get your feet under you. You know, half the storm has come through, another half of the storm is coming. The eye of the storm is not permanent. The eye of the storm is just a moment to catch your breath, but it can be a very, very effective moment and it can be a powerful moment and it can be a moment that you can stretch out a bit once you start to practice with it. It's staying in the eye of the storm. You're not going to stay there forever, but you can stay there for long enough to be able to get your feet under you. So... Uh, one way is the use of vetiver. Another way is um, separating from the source of the irritation. Uh, the use of other aromatics. You know, often, especially people who do a lot of ceremony, there's something very comforting about the scent of um, sage. You know, it's used for clearing. Cedar corrects and restores balance and blesses. So the idea of utilizing, you know, and maybe you do have an honor, you know, you do honor the Native American tradition. Maybe you honor Hindu tradition. Maybe you honor Buddhist tradition. Find what it is that is a part of what you do 
and tap into that. Use that as something to hold on to as the storm rages around you. Now, the best thing that I know of, and I've talked about this in other videos, and you can look back at some of the other videos, is when an empath is learning how to um, turn it off, how to minimize what it is that they feel, one of the best things to do is go to a good teacher. And the best teacher I know for that are stones. See, like river stones. And it doesn't matter, you know, what it looks like. It could be anything. I prefer little river stones because the nature of a river stone is that everything flows past. It does not attach. And with the water constantly moving past, the energy of a stone will kind of pick up sort of what it is that its environment is. Um, if you are, once you start getting sensitive and, and the idea of, you know, most people, it's like, it's a stone, it's a rock. It doesn't have feelings wrong. <laughs> They're quiet. You know, anybody who is into earth magic and, and yes, I am very into earth magic. When you are able to still yourself, when you're able to find that, that place of just quiet within you. And you can open up to everything in nature and you feel that sense of balance, then everything in nature can talk to you. Everything in nature can interact with you. And stones, the amazing thing about stones is, okay, let's say you don't believe that you can empathically connect to a stone. Then use your imagination. Imagine what it would be like to be a stone. How would you feel? It would be quiet, it might be dark, it would be very still. Nothing would come in and nothing goes out. And yeah, maybe you would feel that way. But if you imagine that's what a stone would feel, that's your goal when you need to turn your empathy off. To go into that place of stillness, to go into that place of quiet, to temporarily have it where nothing's coming in and nothing's going out. And if you sit with a stone and, you know, and it's funny because most people I talk to, it's like, yo, well, yeah, I was walking down the street and, you know, or I was walking by the beach and I saw this stone and I couldn't help but pick it up. And when I held it, it felt really good in my hands. And, you know, they, they develop an affection, you know, they, they feel comfortable with it in their pocket or in their purse. So, that connection, it's within us. I mean, stone is inside of us. We have our bones. You know, we have the minerals in our bodies. You know, we've got iron, we've got calcium, you know, all of those things. We are made up of the same stuff that the stars are made of. And so we carry those elements. So we carry an aspect of stone in our bodies as well as fire, water, and air. So, you know, we have those earth aspects, the flora and the fauna, even though it's bacterial, it is, you know, these are living things in our bodies. So when you sit with a stone and, you know, like I said, you can, you can just have a little small stone that fits in your hand and you just close your eyes and experience it. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with projecting empathy, um, 
the idea is that first off, relax, sit and breathe. It's not about, you know, a laser beam, whatever, you know, forcing its way into something. The idea is that you become quiet, you become still, breathe. You know, the breathing exercise we talked about, and you know, you can go back and review the one, the um, episodes on meditation. You know, breathe in for a count of four, hold it for a count of four, and then exhale for a count of eight. So, I mean, and you don't have to use four, four, and eight. You can, you know, whatever you want, just as long as the exhale is twice as long as both the inhale and the holding. But, you know, just doing that kind of calms everything down. It brings you into a place of stillness. Then you, you know, either you imagine what it would be like to be a stone. How still would you feel inside? How muffled and distant would everything else seem? After a while, even with, you know, even if you're telling yourself you're imagining it, the thing is it opens a doorway. It opens up an ability. You know, you're not talking to a stone per se, but you're matching the frequency because it does have a frequency. It is matter. And the idea of being able to match that and find that stillness where there is just nothing there's nothing but peace there's nothing but quiet i mean you don't even you don't feel like really good you don't feel really bad you just kind of feel nothing and it's in that feeling and and for impasse that's not a comfortable feeling at first i will tell you that you know you do these you know you work with stones you know it can be a little bit disorienting because all of a sudden you reach a point where it kicks in and everything kind of shuts off for a second and then it's like <gasps> You know, I can't feel, I can't feel. It's okay. You know, you get the feeling, the feelings come back. The empathy comes back, but it just reaches a place. And the more you practice with it, the more you work with stones, the more you're going to be able to reach that place of stillness. And it's in that place of stillness that empathy can be turned off. Then you're just dealing with sympathy, compassion, um, whatever it is, you know, that you would feel towards someone, but there is not that need to become involved with it. There's no hook to it. So, um, it's cool, you know, to work with stones and I've been in a lot of different places in the world. And this stone is particularly special to me because this stone and you know and I even when I was little I used to love picking up stones this stone came from a place called Merlin's Cave and that's in England and it is uh, basically an, an ocean cave it was it was bored out by the ocean and so at certain times that the tide's too high you can't get into it but it was believed it's below Tintagel Castle. And the belief was that it's where King Arthur was born. And it's also where Merlin lived. And so this stone came to me because I went with a group and we were looking at Druidic things and we had a wonderful tour guide named Jamie George. And if you are ever going to England, Scotland, Ireland, 
whales, all of them. Wherever you want to go in that area, if you really want to get the Druid experience, if you really want to see the history, this is the guy to go. And I will be putting a link to his website uh, in the description because he is just fantastic and his tours are fantastic. So um, there's the main cave and, you know, the group was in there and he called me aside and he said, I want you to go into that cave. And it was like this little small cave that was sorted to the side of the, of the main cave. And he told me to walk all the way to the back and see what I find. And so I went all the way to the back and I sat down and I was just surrounded by these stones. And I just sat and feeling that, that stillness, that beautiful, wonderful stillness. And in that environment and you know, the earth energies that are there was just amazing. And all of a sudden I just felt this vibration and it was this stone and it, it the, the sensation I got was it's like, oh, there you are. I've been waiting for you. And so it came back with me and, and I utilized her in healing work and it's amazing, you know, just to feel so connected to something and she did a wonderful job of helping me learn more about going into the stillness going into that place because honestly if there is any skill that is the most valuable thing for an empath to learn it's how to find stillness how to go into that place of stillness it's not easy it takes effort and it takes a lot of practice and it is completely worth it and it may seem simple just sit with a stone and think about the stone bring all your focus into it and as you bring your focus into it and you're able to kind of extend you know picturing your empathy and your empathic ability remember this is about matching frequencies know your own frequency feel your frequency in that moment and then sort of expand it to the things around you and as you do you'll notice different things sort of have a different feeling to them and when you connect with a stone it's sort of like it hits a place that just suddenly goes sort of quiet and you just extend it into that relax into it breathe into it don't try to push into it just breathe oh that's an interesting sensation you know, and just stay in it. Practice, practice, practice. It will work. And if you have any other questions, please feel free to let me know. And to, you know, I've, I've, you can always, on the premiere of the episodes, I am in the chat room. So uh, you can interact with me there, leave comments. And then you know, I can be able to respond to them if you have questions. So um, I want you guys to understand that empathy can be conscious. It can be a choice. You don't have to be a victim to it. You don't have to get sucked into mob mentality. You don't have to you know, feel overwhelmed by it. I know it's easy to. And you can do this. Yeah, there is nothing so much more inherently special about me 
than any of the rest of you. You guys can do this. All it takes is practice. I've had a lot of practice. If it seems that I'm really good at this stuff, it's because I've been doing it for a really, really, really long time. And that's why I want to do these videos so that you guys can start being able to learn stuff and to practice stuff and to get some ideas and then run with your own. You know, maybe resonating with a stone or finding the frequency of a stone, maybe it's sitting and listening to white noise. Maybe that's what you can focus on to bring your empathy down to that, that zero level. Start thinking of different things. If this doesn't work for you, what would? What is your image of stillness? Because that's the focus. Where can you reach stillness? So consider that. And like I said, if you have questions, please post them in the comments. For those of you who are listening on Blog Talk Radio, uh, you can connect with me through that. They do have a comment section there. You can go to my Facebook page, Medicine Walk with Dr. Eileen. You can uh, follow me on Twitter and, you know, connect with me through that. So there's lots of ways to reach me and they're all in the description. Uh, if you found value in this video and if anybody's empathic or knows an empath who's struggling, please, please, please encourage them to at least take a look at, at the videos this month because that's our focus. Uh, you can share this video. You can like this video. You can comment on this video. And if you see value in the work, please consider subscribing. If you'd like to support the channel on a bigger level, in the description, there is my Patreon link, and that is for me to be able to, you know, be get better equipment and editing software and, you know, learning the ins and outs because I really want to improve uh, the channel and I want to improve the, the quality of the videos that I put out. So that's going to take some classes and learning things. So if you would like to support in that way, there are... Um, incentives that range everything from for two dollars a two dollar monthly pledge uh, you get a shout out and there are different awards as the pledge goes higher so check that out and that's it for today so thank you for joining me and as always i wish you balance and i wish you blessings from my heart to yours Love you, and class dismissed. <laughs>